My mother said she had always known, even when we were toddlers, teetering on the raffia mat she would spread out for us on our porch when Selassie and her mother visited. Selassie stubbornly tugging my arm as she struggled to her feet, and then losing her balance and dragging me down with her. Even then, my mother had known that my cousin would grow up to break all that she touched, even the people who loved her. But I wouldn't see this until Selassie and I were on the verge of calling ourselves women, and her very breath had already turned to splinters that I daily pulled out of my flesh. My only comfort had been the knowledge that she and I would soon part. But when she finally left, I mourned the friendship that had cradled us, our own iridescent world within the sometimes grey one. From time to time, I still do. We were born on the same day in 1985, Selassie at the regional hospital in Ho, I at the 37 military hospital in Accra. Akofa, you and Selassie were destined to walk side by side. I remember my father saying, when so much was still new and Novi was but a word. A few months after our births, Selassie's parents rented a house close to us in Maoli Estate and soon became our most cherished relatives in Ho. Selassie's father and mine were first cousins and had attended boarding school together at Pasek. When her father visited, he and dad regressed into their teens. Their bawdy stories and raucous laughter would drive my mother into the bedroom and would not cease until she came back outside in her nightgown to remind my father that it was late and the rest of us needed to sleep. Only then would they take their noise onto the porch. I don't like the way that man looks at me my mother once told me, when she came back to bed one evening. Even though I was young, just nine, I too had noticed the hostility that crept onto Selassie's father's face whenever he saw my mother, as though he didn't think she deserved to be in her own house. Your father sighed, she said, as she pulled the bedsheet up to her waist and I snuggled into the crook of her arm. They never want anything good for us. That familiar hostility was not new to my mother. It had been the drumbeat to her childhood in Ho. Her aunts, my grandfather's sisters, had set fire to my grandparents' marriage and poured kerosene on the blaze until my grandfather, his emotions singed, turned his back on my grandmother and their children. This experience had left my mother wary of extended family members and of the town itself. This was why she'd left for Accra immediately after completing secondary school and had resisted returning. When my father finally convinced her to move back for his work with the Internal Revenue Service, while she was four months pregnant with me, she had refused to live in a family house. Instead, my parents rented a three-bedroom bungalow on the outskirts in Maoli Estate, where my mother kept to herself and tried to avoid the serpents in my father's family. All three of her siblings, some of the only people she could afford to trust, lived in America and didn't visit often because they were busy with their lives over there. My maternal grandmother, who had retired from teaching and moved to a major fair years before, visited a couple of times a year. My mother would have been happy if she were our only long-term guest. But my father, saviour of his people, wanted to leave our front door ajar to every person to whom we were remotely related, letting them saunter in with their belongings and take over our home. The only other relatives my mother happily welcomed were Selassie and her mother. Aunt Honam towered over my mother and had the personality to match. You heard her laughter before you saw her, and a sprinkling of her joy usually lingered when she left our house. I think it was because of this 
and the fact that Selassie and I had the same birthday, that my mother let down her guard when they moved into the estate. She also wanted me to have a friend. These neighborhood people do not know how to shut their mouths. One day, they are bringing their children to play in your house. The next, they are telling everyone how many pieces of meat you put in your soup. Honam doesn't have an okra mouth. I've never heard her gossip about anyone. And she has never joined your father's family to insult me. She said, when explaining why Selassie was the only friend I saw regularly. When we were still toddlers, my mother and Aunt Honam would carry us to each other's houses to play. And when we were a bit older and in school, we met up at the weekends, my mother sometimes leaving me at Selassie's while she checked on business at her provision store near Ahoy Market. But Selassie spent more time in my home than I did in hers. Though our house was modest, my mother made sure it was comfortable and always stocked with the cookies, chocolates, and fruits we liked. Selassie's was often dry. It was in those early years that we wove our life together, gleefully whispering what we imagined to be secrets, standing up for each other before we even understood the value of a protector. <laughs>